Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. going on everybody welcome to the latest episode of the first and ten podcast brought to you by blogging the boys powered by sb nation as always tony catalina and aiden davis here to talk all dallas cowboys football related things the nfc east champion dallas cowboys we got a lot to dive into before we do that though aiden how are you doing my friend i've I'm going to be eating my words on this episode, Tony. I, there were a lot of episodes where I said we had no shot at the division. So I'm very, very, very happy right now. Uh, it's time that I own up to my to my incorrect statements. You know what? Like you're not even I'm not even faulting you. Right. I think a lot of people felt that way. I think I was in that camp where I, I put a tweet out and I said, everybody worry about your own. Right. Let's worry about securing and getting W's ourselves. Let's think about the five seed. It's probably the most realistic path at this point in. I was wrong. You were wrong. And these are my favorite types of times to be wrong. So with that being said, let's kind of go over everything that took place here. Let's start with the Cowboys. The impressive fashion, right? I mean, started off a little slow, funky, some different things there that kind of crept out of. It was funny, right? Because they were good. I saw your tweet. I want to give you a shout out for that. You're like, by all measures, I'm paraphrasing, but you're like, by all measures, the Cowboys look like the better team right now, but like they're not running away with this. It's like 7-7 right now. And but ultimately, the Cowboys get the 38-10 to 10 W. They do it in an impressive fashion, found a way to extend and separate themselves here. But before we do any of that, uh, give me your initial thoughts on this W here today. Yeah, I'm not going to take full credit for the win today, but I do think that I'm going to take a lot of credit for the win because just a little peek behind the curtain, every game, I even when I'm home alone, I put on my Micah Parsons jersey. I think it's good luck. Mm-hmm. I always got my Parsons jersey on. Today, I was like, okay, This is where Dak becomes the MVP candidate Mm. or the MVP leader. And so today what I decided to do is shout out to Ryan Gilmartin, who's on the equipment staff for the Cowboys. He hooked me up a little bit of an early Christmas present. He gave me the Dak Prescott jersey, so I decided Mm. to wear it today. After 7 to 10, and Kim, I don't wear my Prescott jersey. I, I haven't worn it before. I always wear Parsons. When it hits 7 to 10... I immediately switched. I was like, okay, I got to go back to Parsons. I can't <laughs> like, I can't jinx this. So I switched back to my Parsons Jersey. Cowboys went on to score 28, 20, 31 unanswered points. So holding the commanders to zero. So I, I think part of it's me, man. I think I'm, I, I got this dub for us. You're welcome. Cowboys nation. Yeah. I don't think, um, I don't think you're wrong there. You know, <laughs> you know, anybody, I'm the same way with the, with the superstitions, like me and my wife, 
you know, she, she's my road dog. We watch the games together, only me and her. I don't have any guests over, but kind of the same vein. Like we put on a jersey and if it, we win that week, we're wearing it the next week and we're wearing it the next week. And if we lose, we're, we're switching it up. So no, I'm there with you. And um, man, I, I glad, I'm glad that happened like that. And on the field, like you said, Dak Prescott, four touchdown passes, only one interception, a fluky interception uh, from being a damn near flawless game. Um Donovan Wilson making plays, Tony Pollard running hard, Rico Dottles running hard. Um, offensive line holding up with, you know, TJ Bass and, and um, you know, and having um, Brock Hoffman there, right guard. So a lot of things went really well here, and a lot of things fell into place for the Cowboys. So with that being said, um, give me one of your biggest takeaways from this game here. 38 to 10, get the NFC East crown. They win their 12th win of the season. Three years they've done that under Mike McCarthy. A lot to be impressed with with this team right now. Yeah, I think, to me, my biggest takeaway is, I think, like, we already knew this, watching Dak all season. We know he's playing at a different level. Dak's mindset, what we saw today, Dak's mindset is completely different this year. If you remember a year ago, the Cowboys weren't really playing for anything. They still decided to play Dak. Dak comes out against the commanders and it wasn't his best performance of the year. Looked a little bit shaky. Offense looked a little slow at times. Dak this week, 18, once again, final week against the commanders division on the line. He comes out and puts up arguably one of like one of his best performances of all time. He threw five incompletions. One of those was a drop by Dowdle. One of those was a batted pass of the line that, I mean, you can't really fault him for that. So like he had three actual incompletions, I still think that Cook's catch, if he dies for it, could have been a touchdown. Who knows? I mean, the point, Dak went out there, division on the line, and put up one of his best games. Dak's, he's ready. Like, I'm, I have, there is zero doubt in my mind that Dak is ready for this year's playoffs. Not to say that, like, Super Bowl's a lock, but, like, I, of everybody on this team, Dak's the one person I'm just, there's zero worry in my mind. He's ready to go for the playoffs. I'm so glad you said that because I feel the same way. And what we're about to say, or at least I'm going to say is it doesn't guarantee a Super Bowl victory, right? But I feel so supremely confident in the way our quarterback is playing right now that like, like you, like you said, firing on all cylinders, you feel like no matter the situation, no matter the opponent, Dak Prescott's going to be ready to put the best foot forward. I mean, wire to wire, this guy played the quarterback position better than anybody in the league this year. I mean, flat out, right? What he finished with nine interceptions, 36 touchdown passes, uh, just a monstrous numbers. I think it was his best statistical season of his career, but, but doing things in, in a really high level, impressive fashion. And he goes out there and it does, it didn't really matter the opponent, right? There's going to be some, some things they're going to have to overcome. Like the 49ers, eventually you're going to have to beat that, that, that boogeyman. Right. And you know what a team like the Buffalo Bills are able to do to them. People are going to try to copy that recipe, but realistically, if things don't spiral out quickly for this Cowboys team, Dak Prescott got the talent. He's got the quarterback, you know, IQ. He's got everything going for him to keep them within striking distance to really beat anybody. And you can say the same for Lamb. Like everything that I just said about Dak, where like divisions on the line, he comes out and puts up a masterclass. Division on the line, division on the line. CD Lamb was targeted thirteen times. That turned into thirteen receptions for ninety-eight yards. Like CD was catching everything thrown his way. This was another masterclass by the Cowboys. Not only the Cowboys bona fide wide receiver one, a top three receiver in the NFL. CD Lamb has emerged as a star. What well, he showed it yeah. again today. The dude deserves all the props. Two like great weeks in a row. This. I, 
there are, like you said, there are reasons that the Cowboys can get tripped up in the playoffs. I'm not claiming that they should be Super Bowl favorites. However, CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott have a special connection. They're not going to be the reason that the Cowboys get bounced. Absolutely. And like, we don't have to go into too much detail about this game, right? They won 38 to 10. They didn't in a way that we were hopeful that they would do it outside of the play on the field that we, you know, bluntly expected from them to be an inferior commander's team that was going to rest a lot of people. The biggest news from the game would happen to be the Stefan Gilmore injury, right? And for yep. full transparency, we're recording this, you know, 15, 20 minutes after the game. But I want to get your initial thoughts on this because this just came up while we're recording. Um, when I saw the injury and they were holding Stefan Gilmore's wrist, I assumed the worst, right? Like anytime you need to have another human brace your shoulder and your arm, it doesn't look good. Especially, but, sorry, ahead. real quick, especially because to preface it, from the time that Gilmore stood up, they were not moving his arm an inch. That is right. terrifying to watch. For yeah. sure. But it seems to be, and obviously things will change going forward, there seems to be some good news here. John Machoda, friend of the show, tweeted out, Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy on cornerback Stephon Gilmore said, quote, he told me he was fine and he'd be ready to go. Now, could just be player talk. You hope it isn't. I mean, you understand Maybe he felt something unique, and that's something that Michael Gelkin, another uh, you know, friend of the show, said, quote, quote, Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy said that cornerback Stephon Gilmer is going through something new, meaning like he probably felt something different there, maybe something he had was unfamiliar with the sort of pain that kind of caught him dead in his tracks. But I think by all – I mean, I'm taking – I'm reading through the tea leaves there. It feels like they might have dodged the bullet a little bit there, and they think that they may have Stephon Gilmer. It's, you know, like by the time you listen to this Monday morning, but – um, I think all things considered what we thought it could have been, myself included, I think it may be a lot better than we initially thought. No, this is huge because, I mean, obviously, like you can lump Bland into this conversation. I think cornerback is the area, obviously quarterback or CeeDee Lamb. Outside, barring like CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott, the cornerback position is arguably the area that you can't like. The drop-off from a Gilmore to a Nashawn Wright is so much more drastic than anywhere else on the field. Like, yes, we both love Tyler Smith. Believe I, I believe he should be all pro. I, I would assume you do as well. Tyler Smith is amazing, but the drop off from Tyler Smith to TJ Bass is nowhere near as drastic as Stephon Gilmore to Nashawn Wright. And especially with cornerback, you can target a weak link. And so when you're going up, Packers aren't amazing, but like they could they could target Nashawn Wright, and it could it could turn ugly real quick. This Stephon Gilmore being healthy for the playoffs is it's massive. And so this news that we have a chance at him, this is this is great news for Cowboys fans. Yeah, it's a big deal. I I, I don't even really have to add on to it because you, you, you kind of encapsulated my thoughts perfectly there. Like Stephon Gilmore, I tweeted it out, is one of the very few guys on this team that you could afford to lose. If they're able to have him back ready to go for the Green Bay Packers, that's that's a big deal, right? Like you said, I don't love the idea of Nation Wright covering Christian Watson and Jaron Reed and all these guys because they got weapons. They got people that can play. You know, AJ Dillon, Aaron Rod, I mean, Aaron Jones. They got wide receivers. They got tight ends. They got there's some talent there. We're gonna get into it later on in the show, but having Stephon Gilmore or the chance for it changes things. And if he wasn't out there, what do you do? Is it Izzy Mukwamu making his you know wild card debut? He always does now. It seems to be, but wh whatever they do, it, it got a little messier if Stephon Gilmore isn't out there. But if he's saying he'll be fine and ready to go, I love to hear it. I would love to see it. With that being said, let's change the, the 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 page here a little bit, but let's stay with the Cowboys in the NFC East title. Aiden, this is a big deal, man. 
I, we talked about it. We let off the show with, we just didn't think it was possible, right? After the way the uh, the Eagles played last year, the way that they started off playing 10 and one this year, a lot of people, myself included, were like, hmm, the Eagles are going to be a, a problem that is going to be an issue for, for some years now. And even though they didn't look all that great at times and certainly not as of late, you just felt like, man, this division isn't really a full grasp on it like we thought we had, but that's not the case. The Cowboys won the NFC East title. And what does that mean to you, Aiden? What do you think about it? Well, this is okay. So like just to pre- like the Cowboys or the Eagles had the stretch of the Chiefs, Bills and 49ers all in a row. And once the Eagles walked out of that stretch two and one, I think both of us were we realized the division was going to be very difficult to capture. The fact that the Cowboys did this year specifically is massive for multiple reasons. Number one, you all know that the Cowboys undefeated at home, 16 game winning streak. Like the Cowboys, the twi- the Dallas Cowboys know how to win at home. That is huge going into playoffs. Like I said, you just need some lucky breaks. Those lucky breaks are more likely to happen at home. So that's massive within itself. Number two, and I think the bigger, the larger picture of this. I understand the Cowboys have will likely have to get through the 49ers at some point if they want to make the Super Bowl. However, you want to push that back as far as possible to give the Niners a little bit of a chance to slip up. With the Cowboys being the two seed, the Cowboys will not face the Niners until the NFC Championship if they do face them at all. Like The point is, assuming that Cowboys win all their non-49ers games in the playoffs and the Niners win all their non-Cowboys games in the playoffs, they there's no chance they see each other until the NFC Championship, which is massive. I understand. You have to get through them at some point. You have to exercise those demons. I don't care. I want to avoid them at all costs for as long as possible. Let's see if the Eagles can get a lucky one and trip them up, and then they have to come to our stadium at home and beat it. Like, Just avoid the Niners. And so I think this two seed, the fact that you avoid the Niners until at least the NFC, champ- like, at least the NFC Championship, to me, that is, that's the bit most important part of the number two seed. Yeah, that's why the title, man, I'm with you, is so important. How we were able to do this is, and that, that debate, uh, you know, whether you'd rather have an easy you know, road game, be the five seed, it was nonsensical, but whatever. The f- the fact of the matter is that we were able to kill two birds with one stone, part of my, you know, get the, avoid the Rams, still win the two seed, all that. Everyone's happy. Both sides of that argument is, is you know, happy with that result. With that being said, you, everything you said is on the money, like, yeah, you would love to be able to be a road warrior team or some road dogs and go out there and handle business. But if you don't have to, why would you want to, right? This team hasn't lost since week one of 2022 at home. Play as many home games as you can. Realistically, there's a real chance, like you mentioned, that you probably don't see outside of Arlington again until the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, that's an awesome feeling. So winning this title you know, NFC East championship title is, is a big deal, man. Like I know we, this is a proud franchise. This is a franchise that doesn't celebrate divisional crowns or or even making it to the divisional round or the championship round. There's a higher standard here. We haven't lived up to it in the last, you know, quarter century, but that the ground is laid for what this team in this franchise is about. But winning that type, winning the NFC East championship is just another check in the box of what you need to do to get to where you want to go. And it was important to be able to solidify that, right? Like this team, I mean, realistically outside of winning the one seed, which is probably at the top of everybody's chart, you're pretty not, you pretty much knocked down 85 to 90% of your regular season goals, right? Like, I mean, you did everything you set out to do minus maybe one thing in the regular season. Now it's turned the page and you got bigger fish to fry, but man, you can't really be upset with the 12 and five, 
two seed in the NFC playoff uh, season, regular season at least. And I mean, you can look at like look at the teams that are now at like let's take away the 49ers because we're not gonna see them until the NFC championship if the Cowboys and the Niners make it there. But look at the other teams. Detroit, Cowboys already beat them at home. The NFC South, I mean, who cares? If we're not gonna have to we're likely not gonna have about to play them, any yeah. of those teams. Yeah. I don't know, man. E- the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, we'll I'm, see, I'm joking. But, I'm joking. Yeah. But Eagles beat them at home. Rams beat them at home. So, like, you're looking at a field of non-NFC or non-49ers teams that the Cowboys have already proven they can beat at home. They just have to do it again. Now, the Packers, obviously, Ademi, you're going to have to exercise. But, like, let's not not get terrified about the Packers. We'll talk about it later. But, I mean, the Cowboys are in a great spot right now. Yeah, let's part. Let's jump right into it. our third segment here. We're going to talk about the playoff pitcher and the first round opponent a little bit. Let's look at the NFC playoff pitcher as a whole, right? We kind of touched on it a little bit. It's solidified. Um, we got the San Francisco 49ers with the one seed, the Dallas Cowboys with the two seed, the Detroit Lions with the three seed, Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the four seed, Eagles with the fifth, Rams with the sixth, rounding out with the seventh is the Green Bay Packers. Let's look at the matchups as they lay out. The, the 49ers will have the bye week. The Cowboys will host the Green Bay Packers. The Detroit Lions will host the Rams. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will host the Philadelphia Eagles. As far as this shakes out, man, this couldn't have shook out any better than, you know, we could have asked for it, right? Like, realistically, I think everybody in the playoffs would agree that Tampa Bay is the team you want to see in the first round. And I'm not saying that Green Bay isn't talented, but would you not agree that the Green Bay Packers is probably the second team you want to face of this bunch right now? Oh, a thousand. I, I, there was a massive tear gap between yeah, the be. Bucks slash Packers and everybody else in the playoffs. You're completely right. And the thing is, too, um, I don't have I'm going to see if I can find the tweet. I know the fact that since the seven seed came into the factor of the NFL playoffs, the 0 and 4 against two seeds. Right. So it's only been two years, only two years of body work. But the seven seed has never beaten a two seed. Like, I really hope the Cowboys aren't the ones to, you know, to rewrite history with that. But you feel good about it. Right. You feel good about this. And, you know, kind of looking at it, we'll flesh out of here. We're going to have a whole section here. We'll look at this. Um Detroit, Los Angeles, the Stafford, you know, revenge game, that's got a chance to really go any way, right? Like, I mean, I that's got to be a fun matchup, and I, I would be interested to see. I mean, obviously, I think Detroit will be the favorite, but I bet you it's probably not by a lot. Can we talk about how cool that is that awesome. either, Matt's, either Matt Stafford or the Detroit Lions are going to win their first game, their first <laughs> playoff game at Ford Field? Like, that's it's an amazing. insane storyline. Yeah. But you're you're completely right. That game to me, when you're picking, when you're filling out your playoff brackets, it's going to be pretty 50-50. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent there. And then you look at obviously the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They tuck their tail between their leg, man. The Eagles look very vulnerable right now. Do, are the Bucks going to be favored in this one? <laughs> Yo, like seriously, look. I we just saw like the the Eagles starting offense was down twenty four to zero at halftime. Against right. a bad Giants team. Yeah. This Buccaneers team's at least in the playoffs. Like, granted, they're not amazing, but they're in the playoffs. Yeah. Are the Eagles going to be underdogs? They, sh- sh- I mean, I, I bet you it, it would probably damn near close if it ain't, right? Like, I mean, I it's, think you're right. And that's the thing, right? Like, and obviously a lot has to be figured out over the next week. AJ Brown went out of the game with an injury. Jalen Hurt came back in, but he had a hurt finger. Like, Devontae Smith is already dealing with injuries. They're banged up. Uh, in the secondary, they're banged up everywhere. Like they kind of punted on this game, 
But before they like quote unquote punted, they were getting punched in the face. So it's not like we're going to sit here and say, okay, the Eagles have anything to feel good about going into the playoffs. So yeah, I think if I'm being real, I think the Eagles will find a way to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are, you know, they willed themselves into an NFC champion, you know, NFC South uh, championship. But with that being said, Baker Mayfield's banged up. But anyway, I think the Eagles will find a way to win, but I don't think it'll be impressive. And I would not be surprised if Tampa Bay did win though. No, I'm, I mean, I'm much more intimidated by the winner of the Lions Rams game than I am by the winner of the Bucks Eagles yeah. game at this right. point. And so with that being said, there's, there's a lot to be, as before we really get into the Cowboys game here, there's a lot to be sorted out. Let's say like Detroit, let's say everything goes chalk. We think, you know, maybe the Eagles are going to win and we think maybe Detroit wins, right? If that does happen, the Cowboys will see Detroit in the second round. I'm sure they'll have a lot of motivation for that one, whatever. They're, they're still salty about that. Cool. The Eagles would go and be a sacrificial lamb to the 49ers. But if it goes any different whatsoever, and let's say the Rams find a way to beat the Lions. They end up going to the 49ers, and we got to face the winner of the Buccaneers-Philadelphia if we handle business. But before we get to that too far ahead, let's look at the Green Bay Packers. Let's look at a team that quietly is playing really well. right? Like You look at a quarterback who is yep. you know, Jordan Love, who is doing a lot of like good things, man. Like The kid is young. He's He's got a great, lively arm. I think he's got that youthful usefulness to him where he's like hey you know what i don't even know what i don't know he's just out there slinging the ball making plays and i think that's um really commendable i think the packers found another one i mean how's this team go from brett Favre, aaron Rodgers to joe and love like they just they hit home runs at the quarterback position so now the packers are going to be formidable cowboys got a chance to exercise their own demons right if we're talking about a revenge tour here and there's some you know detroit's playing the rams and there's some reasons to be um for some you know, some motions or emotion behind that. The Cowboys got a reason and Mike McCarthy got a reason to try to beat these Packers here. Yeah. I mean, the storylines are going to be there. Obviously it's Mike McCarthy against the Packers. Yep. Obviously the Cowboys lack of success against the Packers in the postseason. There's the storylines. They're going to be there. Here's what, here's the one area like the Packers better than the Rams as a first round matchup, but they are streaky. And that scares me because if you look at their, the last few weeks, they beat Detroit on the road. Lost their beat Kansas City at home, so wins against Detroit and Kansas City. Then you lose against the Giants and the Buccaneers, and then you turn around and go on a three game win streak to end the season against the Panthers, the Vikings, and the Bears. Like, this is a very streaky team. Jordan Love, young quarterback, he's gonna be streaky, but that scares me because, like, what if we just catch him on a good week? Jordan Love at times looks yeah. amazing, he also looks very, very beatable at times. I don't know which version we're gonna get, and that does scare me. I'm, intri- I'm intrigued to hear your answer to this question. When you look at that and you name the three, yes, they're on a three-game winning streak, but the Panthers, the Vikings with Jaron, Jaron Hall in the first half, and the Bears, right? You take nothing away. It's hard to lo- hard to win in the NFL, right? Three games in a row to get yourself in the playoffs is absolutely something to commend, but I think, I mean, how do you feel about it? Do, do you think, and this is the question I want to ask you, do you think the Packers say, like, we don't care who the opponent is. We're riding high. We're feeling good. There's a lot of confidence, and that translates to on the field? Or do you see it going the complete 180 where, like, oh, man, the, the Cowboys certainly are not the Panthers. The Cowboys are certainly not the Vikings, like, and they could slap them in the mouth. Like, which part, and I guess it's the kind of the question you laid out, but, like, what Packers team do you expect the Cowboys to pull out of? It's going to be a test. I expect this to be a test. The Packers, they are 6-2. and two. 
over the last eight games. Like they're they start off slow. They're a good team, and so I don't expect this to be a cakewalk. I expect the Cowboys to be in the ballpark of a touchdown favorite. But to be honest with you, I'd probably take the like Packers plus month. Like mm. I'm not expecting mm. the Packers to win. However, I do expect this to be a competitive game. Every Cowboys versus Packers playoff matchup seems to be a close game, and I don't expect this to be any different. I'd love to be able to say Cowboys at home, yeah, they're going to steamroll them, but man, the Packers are hot, and they've played who they're who's on their schedule. They beat a lot of good teams. They beat some bad teams. They've lost to some bad teams. I don't know what we're going to get, but I'm leaning towards this being pretty competitive. Yeah, that's fair. I think so too. And for me, it's it's you can never take these things for granted, right? Like I remember last year. I let the emotion of it get me more anxiety ridden than it probably should have. Cause when I looked at Tampa Bay, I'm like, by every metric, the Cowboys should smack this team. Right. But I just, I saw Tom Brady. I, I heard all the playoff noise that probably wasn't accurate, but I let it get into my brain. And I found myself with this knot in my stomach going into the game way more stressed out than it probably should have. And I think part of that played in the factor that I knew that they should have won that game and they should win this game. Right. Like going into it, I'm like, a loss here could be humiliating. And I think I let that beat me up. You don't really have that here with the Packers, right? Like the Packers are a good team. Like you got to come into this game knowing that like you got a formidable opponent here, right? Like you got to handle business. And I know you had to handle business last year, but the Cowboys got a chance here to have a two seed, to stay at home, play all these home games, have everything fall the way you want to domino wise. You got to go out there and handle business against this young Packers team. Yeah. And this Packers offense, our defense is going to be tested. This Packers offense is good. Like, their defense can be beat. They're not great. I expect the offense to put hang some points. However, if the defense is on their A game, if Dan Quinn's not ready to go, and, I mean, we, we talked about earlier, if Stephon Gilmore isn't able to make it out there, this Packers team can hang points, and that's what scares me because if this game turns into a shootout, like, that's the last thing you want as a Cowboys fan is a shootout against the Packers. That That's just 50-50 at that point. Right. The defense... The defense is going to be the key. How ready is Dan Quinn to go in this one? Last year, put up a master class against Tom Brady. We just got to hope in the first round again against the Packers. He does the same. Yeah, and let me ask you, we'll, parlay, we'll go right into our final segment here, talk about the key matchups. I'll, I'll give you a second to think about it. I want to know your key matchup and the thing that you're the most scared of, right, when it comes to this specific matchup. For me, it's easy, and if it's low-hanging fruit, I apologize. You can piggyback off it. It's got to be the run game to me. Right, like how how do they defend the run game? Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, those guys are workhorse backs. They're able to do different things. I know Aaron Jones has beaten us to a pulp at times before. Right, what was the uh, five touchdowns in one game against us one time? And so Aaron Jones has beaten us up before. Um, AJ Dillon's a bruiser. Um, you just got to be able to play these run fits. I know Jonathan Hankins, um, making sure he's good to go, make sure everything's good in the middle there. Um, I seen Michael Barson playing off the ball a little bit more in week 18. I think they might do a little bit more of that in situational spots against the Packers. But for me, the number one thing I'm worried about right now is the run game and defending that. And I don't know if you agree or not. I, I agree with you. I mean, it just seems like at random times, the run defense just disappears. I will say in terms of like rushing attacks go, I'm not, the names Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon is a little scary. However, this season they have not been super impressive, and so they've been banged up, right? Yeah, they have. So I mean, don't get me wrong. They, I could completely see a world where the Packers rushing attack just completely works against just at randomly. But that's Cowboys esque right there. <laughs> I, I mean, the, 
they've lost some pieces over the past couple years, but the Packers pass rush is still like they they took down Justin Fields today in the pocket. We need our offensive line. Obviously, obviously today wasn't healthy. We expect them to be more healthy in the playoff game. However, they have to give Dak Prescott time. Like to, the reason Dak Prescott was cooking so well today is because the offensive line didn't allow any commanders to touch him. This Packers defensive line is going to be a lot better than the miss hodgepodge, mismatch yeah. t- squad that the commanders are throwing out today. And so I, the offensive line, they need to be on point. Give Pollard lanes to run. Yeah. Give Dak Prescott time and just let the offense hang points because outside of the pass rush, I think Cowboys will be able to move at will. And let me ask you, so what is your biggest fear then? Is it that what you're talking about right now? Or is that like the biggest thing you're worried about? Yeah, that would be the biggest thing I'm worried about. Like, just like one of the Terrence Steele, what are we doing here games? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> who, Fair like, enough. I also, I'd also throw in my, like, as a secondary piece, just, and I mentioned this at the beginning, like, Jordan Love is just so wishy washy. Against the Lions, he looked like prime Aaron Rodgers. I don't <laughs> want that against the Cowboys. I like, I'd be, I'd, that's another thing I'm worried about is him just, Forging our secondary randomly just looking like an all pro quarterback, which he has done at times yeah. this year. That's not a thing I'm scared about. That's I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's the biggest thing I'm afraid of. I I, I think there is some something really you know nerve wracking about a quarterback who doesn't know like, hey, this is a big moment. You know what I mean? He doesn't know that this is like high pressure situation and he's got a rocket for an arm and he isn't afraid to use it. Like I could just see, you know, a nice play action fake to Aaron Jones over the top and he, and he smokes, you know, nation, right. <laughs> or somebody, you know what I yep. mean? It, like I just get really nervous thinking about the thought that that's possible. Um, again, I think the Cowboys are f- way more talented overall. I think they have a better coaching staff. I think, you know, I think ultimately being at home with those other factors, the Cowboys should be able to pull away in this one. But it's one of those things where we said it all year. If they don't get out to a hot start, if they don't find a way to get a defensive stop and go out and score some points, like I hate I hate when this team has to play with their back against the wall. I like when they're the bully and not being the one that's got to fight back. So um, this is going to be fun, man. I mean, I don't know how you feel about this before we wrap up, but... For me, it's been such a privilege under Mike McCarthy's tutelage to look at the regular season as like a like a passing thought. Like, okay, now, now it's real. Week 18's over. Let's get really going here. And I'm just thankful to be in a spot where we can do that now. Yeah, I, everything you said, uh, three thoughts based off that. Number one is as a secondary-like matchup I'm worried about, it would be Jaden Reed against Deron Bland, who, yeah. like, Deron Bland, great player. Should be in the conversation for defense player of the year. Still can disappear at times. And so that's one Jaden mm-hmm. Reed, good, explosive. A little bit worried about that. Number two, we talked about this so many times on the podcast, man. And now it's like, this is the time where it comes to fruition. All you have to do is get in the playoffs. From there, yeah. luck will bounce. Things will shake out. We'll see how it goes. Shot. But you have a shot. And so we'll see how this year goes. But the fact that Mike McCarthy continues to make it to the playoffs, man, this is that's a sign of a great coach. And that's a sign of a team that will eventually get back and win the Super Bowl. So yeah, super pumped about that. Number two, under number three, can we talk about the storyline of 2016? Mike McCarthy is coaching against a team with a young quarterback who has really impressed over the year, came out of nowhere and upsets uh, not upsets, but wins a playoff game yeah. against that young, 
unproven quarterback who, like you said, has nothing to lose. Now, 2023, <laughs> Mike McCarthy is coaching against a team yeah. with a young quarterback who has not like storylines. It's very similar there, man. So what are you telling me? Jake Ferguson's going to make a slide and catch him. Yeah. And then, you know, Brandon Aubrey and then Brandon gonna Aubrey's going to nail 50 yard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, honestly, I wouldn't even be mad if that was how it rolled out, but um, I don't know if my nerves could take it. No, but you're <laughs> right. There's, Football is beautiful, man, right? Like, it's poetry sometimes. Like, the the drama, the, the how all this thing kind of wraps in together to just fit in the universe so perfectly. It's it's fun, man. And before we wrap up, want to get you here. It's super early. Let's be the first one to do it. Give me your NFC wildcard Cowboys versus Packers prediction. Aiden, how's this one shake out? I am, I am going to lean towards a little bit of a high-scoring affair in this one. I'm going to say Cowboys win to the tune of 31-27, but the 27 on the Packers part is more of a result of like a late touchdown that gives them a chance to get back in it rather than the Cowboys scoring a last-second walk-off touchdown. I like it. I'm not too far off from you. I say 31-24 Cowboys advance. I don't care who we're playing next. I feel like this is a year of destiny. Just got to handle whoever's in front of you, but it starts with one, right? You can't get to the second one if you don't win the first one. So I'm with you. Hopefully next week we will be able to talk about a Cowboys playoff survive in advance and not, um, you know, we got to, you know, we got to do it. Yeah. And I don't even want to say the word there. So nope. with that being said, <laughs> another episode of the first and 10 podcast brought to you by blogging the boys powered by SB nation. As always, Tony Catalina and Ada Davis. We'll catch you guys next week. Hopefully the Cowboys win a playoff game. Peace.